What's up, Dub Nation? This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast of Sports Ethos presentation. Sam Orlick here. Warriors back on track after dropping six games in a row, now sitting at a record of 8-9, and nine, which is 10th in the West. Uh, Warriors won two out of their last three against the Rockets and the Spurs, losing on the road 115-123 to 123 against the Suns in a very controversial loss where we saw Chris Paul get ejected at halftime, Steve Kerr get a technical foul, and the Suns hit a or attempt a uh, season-high 50-plus free throws in a single game. Uh, with all of that being said, the Warriors are still on track and have a chance to compete in the in-season tournament um, with the victory against the Spurs last night. Uh, the Warriors are now sitting at 2-1. and one. If the Thunder beat the T-Wolves the Warrior, and the Warriors beat the Kings, um, <clears throat> the Warriors will win Group C. If the Wolves beat the Thunder, the Warriors have to beat the Kings by at least 13 points in order to grab the three-way tiebreaker, which will then result in them still winning Group C because um, the Warriors will have beat the Kings. So what does all that mean? Well, I mean, honestly, not that much. The in-season tournament has been arguably pretty fun to watch. These games have been really competitive. It's given them a different, definitely a different feel and edginess, almost more like a playoff game. The fact that point differential factors in to uh, in-season tournament placement just kind of adds another layer. Uh, we saw the Warriors have an 18-point lead late against the Spurs, and then they basically threw it all the way, and it was a four-point game down the stretch. Warriors had to basically rewin the game. So, um, you know, overall, I'd say the in-season tournament has been pretty thrilling for the Warriors. Uh, games against the um, the Thunder and the Timberwolves and the Spurs and then what will be the Kings have all been pretty good. So, you know, honestly, in the early going, I'd say it's been, you know, pretty favorable thumbs up in my perspective for uh, in the new in-season tournament addition to the NBA. Now, with that being said, let's talk more about the Warriors. Again, we just we just hit on how uh, Warriors had dropped six in a row, beat the Rockets 121-116, tough loss against the Suns, and um, bounced back against the Spurs last night, but really just kind of squeaked out a win. Again, Spurs, worst team in the West right now, um, overall in the league, so certainly not the, not the best sign when you barely beat the Spurs um, at home. So taking a look here at what's going on. First of all, Draymond Green will return. He has now completed his five-game suspension for, um, for his, you know, whatever you want to, for his uh, headlock of Gobert. Um, some time ago. Warriors have needed green desperately. They've been just atrocious on defense. Uh, GP2 returned against the Spurs. He was a welcome addition. Warriors have also badly needed him. Basically, the Warriors' two best defenders on this roster. So when you look at some of these games that they've been losing, very all very close games, none of these have really been blowout losses. You just imagine what 
the Warriors, you know, would they have when they would have had all of their pieces available, um, you know, if that might have changed the outcome of some of these games. So Draymond Green is certainly going to be a very important addition to this to this team. So far, Draymond's only played nine games this season out of the 17, and he's only played 22 minutes per game in those games. Uh, GP2's only played 13 games. Um, so again, Green playing nine out of 17 games and only averaging 22 minutes since he started the season um, kind of behind the eight ball with that with that ankle injury. And then GP2 missing some games as well, only playing 13 out of 17. So I think that's certainly something that needs to be taken into consideration. I'm going to be talking about this more later, but Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga have not been able to provide, and really Andrew Wiggins necessarily been able to provide the stability and consistency on the defensive end. Wiggins continues to start and guard the point of attack um, and really continues to defend the opposing team's best player um, and is consistently giving effort. His shot is starting to fall a little bit more, um, but he's still not quite there. And we still see lapses of mistakes, um, whether it's just the wrong reads or um, or just blow-bys. So, um, it, you know, it, it's certainly a concern. This team is top-heavy, and they are built with the kind of underlying assumption that their starting unit is um, is one of the best in the league. And so far, for the Warriors this season, um, all their starters are a net minus, and that includes Steph Curry. Um, Steph Curry on the season is minus 16, despite putting up, you know, almost 30 points a game. Uh, Draymond Green's minus 17. Clay Thompson's minus 26. Kavon Looney's minus 32. And Andrew Wiggins is minus 86. And I think Kavon Looney is really kind of the most head scratching of this group. Obviously, I think with Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins, it's much more demonstrative their struggles because. Um, they're just shooting the ball so poorly, but with Looney, he typically is that glue guy connector who was just, has just been so outstanding the last few years, really elevating his game in the playoffs, uh, basically negating DeMontis Sabonis in, in the, uh, first round against the Kings last season, um, known as a guy who's just, you know, grabbing 20 rebounds, defending the rim without fouling, uh, you know, and while Looney's free throw shooting has been really good so far in the early going of the season, his defense has been a little suspect. He's been, you know, called for a lot of fouls. He has not been kind of the defend with verticality role model that he had kind of morphed into. And when you talk about all those games that Draymond has missed and you basically have a front court of Draymond, Looney, and Saric, and Saric is really a small ball five, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, you know, is, has shown flashes, but really can't be trusted for any anything more than just spot minutes here or there. And uh, it 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 makes sense, right? You can't defend the point of attack. You don't have rim protection. You don't have a front court that can defend without fouling. Guys are teams are gonna are gonna rack up points in the paint, and it's gonna it's gonna be hard to uh, to secure rebounds. So. You know, with with, with Kavon Looney, it, it's hard to kind of point a finger to it. Looney continues to give effort. It's not that he's playing poorly. It's just this level of play that we had kind of grown to expect as he had kind of emerged as this elite 
center in the league, really, over the last few years, we've seen a little bit of a regression so far in the early going of the season. So I don't know if, if that's due to all the consecutive games that he's played over the last few years, who where he's now um, approaching Clay Thompson's streak of uh, 218. If this is just a regression to the mean of, you know, Looney had really just stepped up his play kind of above and beyond what he can sustain previously. And now we're seeing a little bit more of a return to, to the mean. Um, I'm not sure. I think it'll be interesting to continue to track. Uh, Steve Kerr continues to tinker with lineups. We see games where Looney plays 30 minutes and other games where he plays, you know, 18 minutes or in the low 20s. Um, it's matchup dependent. It's foul trouble. It's offense trading off for defense. There's a lot going on here. And we really see that kind of up and down the roster other than uh, Steph, Steph Curry, Chris Paul, and maybe Clay Thompson. Nobody's minutes are really safe. Um, Wiggins, Wiggins minutes are down, um, typically playing in, in the mid to high 20s, whereas we had seen Andrew be like a 30, 30, 35 plus minutes per game type of guy. Um, part of that is, you know, Warriors are much deeper this year with, you know, 10, arguably 10 plus guys that can, that can be plugged into the rotation. But when your starting unit struggles so much and you're relying on your bench to pull you out of deficits or, um, build leads, it's hard. Uh, it's hard, it's hard to, uh, string together victories. It's hard to string together 48 minutes of good basketball. We see stretches where they look like they are one of the best teams in the league and other times where they will, um, you know, the warriors of old where, you know, they give the ball away four possessions in a row and, and, uh, shoot two threes that, um, lead to opposing teams, fast breaks. And, you know, a, a 15 point lead quickly becomes, a five point deficit in the matter of of a few minutes and it's not it's not the bench doing that a lot of times it's the starters so um some stats here that i want to track that i've been tracking team-wide uh, at this point in the season warriors fifth in assists fourth in total rebounds third in offensive rebounds and uh, but 17th in defensive rebounds so I just want to pause there real quick. I mean, Warriors, like, because Kaminga or uh, because of Wiggins and Thompson and even Chris Paul struggling to shoot the ball, there have been so many misses, which has led to all of these offensive rebounds, which uh, is very promising to see that the Warriors are able to consistently rebound and especially, you know, offensively and give themselves second, third, fourth times to um, convert on the offensive end. But when you talk about overall rebounds, they're, um, they're fourth in the league. I think a lot of that is inflated due to the offensive rebounds, because when you look at their defense, their defensive rebounding, they're 17th. And so part of that has to do with pace and play. And so when you look at the advanced stats and you look at it more from a percentage perspective, still they're um, 19th in the league in defensive rebounding percentage. So, Despite how, despite the team's clear intentionality to go get offensive rebounds, whether it's Kavon Looney, Andrew Wiggins, Pods, Moody, uh, defensively, they're not closing out possessions with rebounds. And we see it really hurt them uh, against a lot of different teams that have size. Um, 
when the Warriors do force a miss, they're not grabbing the rebound. And so it's limiting their ability to get out in transition. They're not finding Kaminga or Wiggins or even Steph and Clay with these easy transition looks. A lot of the, a lot of the game is played in the half court, and a lot of that has to do with one, not being able to get stops defensively, and two, when they do force the team to miss, they're not getting the rebound. So that's very frustrating. And um, when you go back to the last year that they won in 22, they were one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league. And so that's what it's going to have to take for the Warriors to step up their defense is securing the rebound. Um, Assists, you know, Warriors have always been elite in assists per game with Chris Paul you know, expect that to just get even better, which we see with the uh, with with their current rating. And then three point attempts and three point makes. They're currently sixth. That seems about right. And I mean, that number should probably go up as uh, Chris Paul and Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson start to more consistently hit their shots. And then here's the big one: turnovers. They're still 22nd in the league in turnovers. So. You know, a a slight improvement from, you know, being basically last or dead last in turnovers last season, but not quite where you'd like them to be. And um, and it's not just Jordan Poole, right? I mean, Jordan Poole was a big part of the turnovers last season, but here against the Spurs last night, Curry had six turnovers in his own right. And we're we've seen that in the last few games, a little bit of sloppy, sloppy play from Stephen Curry, forcing it a little too much. Um, and it's a lot of head scratching turnovers where they're passing and a guy's cutting and the ball just goes out of bounds. Uh, Like a lot of these are unforced. So, um, you know, I think a lot of these issues are kind of compounded. You're in the losing streak. You're struggling offensively. You're struggling defensively. You're forcing it. You're pressing. You're feeling the pressure. And so everything is just kind of unraveling a little bit. Um, I'd like to see that turnover ranking get down to maybe more like 15th in the league i think that would be um you know cutting off like another two or three turnovers would be huge for them um and talking a little bit more about advanced stats warriors are currently rated 12th in offensive rating and 15th in defensive rating so um you know when you look at their ratings and the stats and the record i mean the fact that they won that they've won two or three games basically at the buzzer um with how poor that they've been playing given the injuries and, and the inconsistencies and inefficiencies of some of their main guys. I mean, it's a surprise that they're, that they've won eight games, um, out of the 17 games that they've played. Really? Uh, certainly it did not look like they should have beaten the Spurs last night with the way that they closed out the game. So there's a lot of room for improvement though. Um, again, Kavon Looney and Andrew Wiggins have had a major drop-off from that 22 season, which is which is very much correctable or potentially not. Maybe this is just the version of these guys, you know, we need to expect. Klay Thompson, I mean, guys, every year it's the same old story with Klay Thompson. He is atrocious early in the season. The first two or three months of the season, Klay Thompson is bad. This is just who he is. The fact that I see so many people posting that Clay should be traded and we're just in November. I mean, it's like you just can't go. People just don't go back and look at the story because it's been the same old story season after season. He slumps early and then he turns around late. Um, so, you know, Clay, 
Clay is Clay. He's not he's not guarding the De'Aaron Foxes of the league. Um, he is starting to hit more shots consistently. The shot selection does need to be improved, but this is Clay Thompson, um, for better or for worse. And so, you know, maybe the Warriors had a little bit of foresight to hold off on that contract negotiation that maybe maybe gets them a little bit of a bargain if um Clay doesn't really turn around compared to, you know, the number the the amount of money and the number of years Clay Thompson was reportedly looking for in in uh in, during the summer. And then talked about this a little bit earlier, but Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, these were supposed to be like year 3 Jonathan Kaminga breakout season. He looked so good in the preseason and all of that has kind of seemed to be long gone in in the rearview mirror. There are flashes where Kaminga looks really good where he makes the right read or makes the right play or um, doesn't just settle for a shot but finds an open teammate um, or secures the defensive rebound and pushes it up the floor or runs in transition to get an easy look but he just can't seem to put it together in you know an eight minute stretch of winning basketball um, to really force Steve Kerr to give him more minutes. I think if we saw Andrew Wiggins you know, continuing to play the way he did. But on the flip side, Jonathan Kaminga continuing to do everything and more that was being asked of him, we'd likely see Kaminga getting more minutes at the expense of Andrew Wiggins. But it hasn't quite been as simple as that. Um, Wiggins struggles offensively, but what he does defensively is irreplaceable on this roster thus far. And so um, for Jonathan Kaminga, you know, he just needs to continue to work at it and find ways to contribute in different ways other than scoring the basketball and um, just have a little bit more patience on offense um, and just a little bit more. There just seems to be a lack of processing and reading the defense um, and and decision-making. Moses Moody, Moody got the start against the Spurs, interestingly enough, last night. Um, Probably won't stick, especially with Draymond set to return against the Kings. Moody continues to impress. He looks really good on offense, um, but he continues to make unforgivable mistakes on defense. I see a lot of times where uh, two guys will jump at the same player, and it's typically Moses Moody is involved in that type of action. Um, He loses track of his man. Uh, He can't keep his man in front. He is very... He is a very polarizing player on defense. Uh, We saw against the Suns in kind of towards the second half of the game when it felt like it was a blowout loss that Steve Kerr basically benched the starters. And Moody had this stretch of incredible ball pressure, forcing all these turnovers. The Warriors cut the deficit and got back into the game. But... He wasn't able to carry that over um, and and have the same type of intensity and aggression against the Spurs. And so, again, I think Moody is further along. Moody is a lot. Uh, Moody's role as as kind of a three and D wing is a lot easier to correct. But you just see that if you can't guard point of attack and you're making def- and you're making these mistakes defensively, it's hard to justify giving him out there, you know, getting rolling him out there in specific lineups because you've got GP2 who continues to be, you know, one of the best defensive players on this group and and when GP2 is on the floor, uh the Warriors are typically winning his minutes. So, 
that's kind of the challenge is you're basically, you know, trading off Moody or GP2 um, offense versus defense. The problem with GP2, though, is he doesn't score enough or offer enough of a threat offensively that um, you can play him for 30 minutes or you can play him with the starters. So everything is kind of a balance. And when you're not getting those uh, those stops and getting out in transition where GP2 can get easy looks under the hoop and you're forcing him to spot up for three, um, you're kind of you're kind of playing into the other team. So we'll talk about trends a little bit here. Draymond Green, minus 17 in the 22 minutes per game in the nine games he's played. Uh, GP2, I just hit on, he's a plus 28 in the 13 games he's played. But it's really been Chris Paul and Dario Saric who are leading the Warriors. Chris Paul is plus 58 and Saric is plus 30 on the season. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis is plus 37, but um, and and Brandon and Pods is plus 33. Both of those guys, you know, a little bit hard to read into those metrics too much since sometimes they're coming in during blowouts, um, getting some of that time at the end of games when games out of hand. But um, Dario Saric has really come along nicely. He he compliments Chris Paul so well. Um, has really been getting it going in the last few games. He scored 20 against the Spurs. Um, this is uh, second time scoring 20 points this season. The, his uh, floor spacing continues to make def- uh, to make the other team pay when they um, when they don't go out on him. Um, defensively, you know he's he's certainly not anything special. He's not really defending the paint, but you know he's doing his best to keep his man in front, help rebounding, and defend without fouling. So he certainly shades better than. Uh, you know, Nemanja Bielica or Jermichael Green, but he's definitely not, you know, Otto Porter Jr. or Draymond Green or even Kavon Looney status. So again, it just becomes this balancing act of, you know, who do you who do you play based off of the trade-offs and the matchups, offense versus defense versus foul trouble. You know, there's a game where Sarge picked up three fouls and in a period of a few minutes. Um, you know, it's interesting just pulling this up right now. You know, Kavon Looney is leading the Warriors with 48 fouls. Andrew Wiggins with 41. Jonathan Kaminga with 40. Dario Saric with 40. And then Clay Thompson with 37. Um, that's a lot of fouls uh, for, for you know, 17 games played. Like, these guys are fouling a lot. And, and with Clay, it's bad, man. It, it, it feels like Clay Thompson's trying to make the Iguodala swipe down play um, nearly two to three times a game, and it almost never works. So that is a little frustrating and something that I'd like to see Clay work on, defend without fouling, contest the jumper. If he makes it, you know, shake his hand. If not, go grab the rebound and run it down the other way. But you're just sending guys to the free throw line too often. Um and Kaminga as well. And so you talk about the struggles with Kaminga defensively and and in, you know, 20 minutes a game, he's fouling 40 times, which is also very, you know, which is pretty much in line with, with Saric as well. Saric is averaging uh, 21 and a half minutes a game and he's, you know, hit 40 fouls for the season. So definitely some things to work on there. But again, there are some, some obvious strengths to the Warriors in in um 
offensive rebounding, assists, and three-point shooting, which is finally coming around. So, um, you know, Warriors just have to hang in there. Hopefully getting Draymond back helps them kind of stabilize a little bit defensively. They can start to get into a groove and rack up some wins and build some momentum. You've got a very interesting stretch of games coming on. So we talked about the the, the fourth and final in-season tournament game at Sacramento Tuesday night. Then you go and play the Clippers three out of the next four games, sandwiched between a game at Phoenix. So um, a lot of games on the road here, a lot of winnable games. Um, those matchups against the Clippers are certainly going to be very interesting. We'll get to see the uh, James Harden Clippers uh, with with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook. Um, you've got a couple games against the Portland Trailblazers, the Washington Wizards, the Brooklyn Nets, um, the Boston Celtics. So it's going to be a very interesting stretch of basketball for the Warriors to see you know, how they're able to bounce back after that six-game losing streak. Are they more like the team that started the season 6-2 and two and won all those games on the road? Um, are they more like the team that really struggled to win games at home against bigger teams like the Cavs, T-Wolves, um, and then just the younger Oklahoma City Thunder? So um, certainly I think the Warriors are better than their record reflects, given the you know, lack of availability of their better defensive players, the struggle shooting that we documented of Wiggins, Clay Thompson, and Chris Paul, and just the strength of schedule. The, the teams that they've played have, you know, been teams that have rim protection and, you know, two bigs when you talk about um, the Cavs and the T-Wolves um, and and or just being outplayed like uh, the games against the Suns. So uh, very interesting stretch of hoops ahead for the Warriors. This is, I think is gonna really help kind of set the litmus test. Again, I don't feel like these first 17 games have told us enough. It's certainly told us a story, but um, you know, if Warriors win three fourths of their next five games, if they can, you know, if they can win three out of the next four or uh, three out of the next five or four out of the next five, I think we'll be feeling a lot different about this team than if they go and uh, drop another four games in a row. So um, again, I'm not feeling like we need to hit the panic button. I think we're starting to see some positive trends here, but there are certainly gaps and holes which need to be cleaned up. Um, <clears throat> but man, it, it sure feels like without Chris Paul, this uh, this team would be uh, in quite a bigger hole than where they're at now. So that's all we got for you today. Warriors again taking on the Kings on Tuesday night for the final in-season tournament game. That game should be a real thriller. One, because it's at the Kings. Um, and two, because... You know, it gives the Warriors a chance to play in the first in-season tournament, which they've said that they uh, that they really want to uh, to be a part of and, and win. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast. Please give me a follow over at Twitter if you haven't already. That's at SD Orlick. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one.